Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Hello, everyone. Happy With a Dog Wednesday. Um, It's actually just me today because unfortunately, Izzy isn't feeling very well. She recently found out that she is lactose intolerant. And then she accidentally ate a perfect bar that has like a ton of whey in it. And you can kind of guess where it's gone from there. So um, instead, I am here to bring you some good news that I've bought a house. Um, well, my husband and I have bought a house. And I'm just, oh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting to like say it on the podcast and stuff. Um, it's in kind of like the north part of Seattle in a really, really great area. I'm just, okay, I'm obviously excited because I'm buying a house, but then also like Lupin has, we adopted him six years ago and I've just been wanting to give him a house like forever. We have, we have moved so much in the last six years, like whether it's just from apartment to apartment or internationally to London and back. And we've literally like in the last six years, we've never lived somewhere longer than a year and a half. And I think a few times we've only lived places for like four months or six months. And it's been or actually, you know what? Shortest one was two months. So it's just been like a a roller coaster, basically. So I just and, you know, like he goes with the flow. He's such a good dog. But I'm just so excited to give him like a retirement home. Basically, he's an old boy. So he just deserves to have a house where it's like his domain. He can wander around as he wants. We're not going to move his crate because we rearrange things constantly. Like this is where he lives and this is where he's going to be for all of the rest of his years. And it just makes me really happy to like finally give him that and not put him through more stress of moving. Um, And then plus our other dog, Albie, who we've had for a few months now, he's ever only ever like lived in like two rooms because we've been living with our in-laws so he's like he's not allowed in the rest of the house which is understandable because there's a cat and he and her don't don't mix very well so it's just going to be so nice to see like his personality blossom a little bit as well and see what he wants to do to see like if he you know is he going to follow us around the house all day or is he just going to like be like see ya i'm going to lay in the backyard or Is he going to be curled up under one of our desks or who knows? It's just I'm excited all around because it's going to make my dogs happy and I'm happy. (laughs) Um, So that is everything on that front. I'll keep you updated. But I think that's I think that's it. That's the like gossip on us. I've got a house and Izzy's got the shits and that's the tea. So (laughs) Let's go ahead and just move into introducing our guest today. It's so odd um, recording without without Izzy. I feel so awkward. Um, so we are interviewing Allison, the founder of Pacific Hound, which is a dog accessory company based out of Oregon. It's uh, very popular worldwide, though, even though it's in Oregon. It's a Pacific Northwest company, but they are a big deal. They're really, really cool. They design and create dog collars, leashes, bandanas, um, scarves. They've got some accessories for people as well. And um, Pacific Hound is really geared towards kind of that Pacific Northwest lifestyle. So like an outdoor dog um, 
for a dog that leads like an outdoorsy lifestyle. So you're going to find like really durable, cleanable products that have been tested on her own dogs who are extremely active, kind of in the Pacific Northwest forests and mountains with camping and hiking that uh, that she and her partner do. So um, speaking of her dogs, we do have one update. So we recorded this interview about a month ago. And since then, then there have been some changes to her situation. They've had to rehome their dog Gunner um, just for his kind of his own safety and and lifestyle. So Allison has been a complete open book about this whole situation. You can read more about it on her Instagram. It, it outlines everything. But basically, one of her other dogs is very reactive and fear aggressive. And he got into a skirmish with the older dog, Gunner. And so it's really for Gunner's safety that he's now going into a new home. And um, honestly, I think I think rehoming is a part of a dog parent's life sometimes that it really isn't talked about much. And it's when it is talked about, it's really looked down upon. Um, but I have a lot of experience with this just because when I worked at the animal shelter, I worked in the um, owner surrender program. And so I've I've dealt with a lot of people firsthand of people who have had to rehome their dog for various reasons. And I'm telling you, like, this is this is one of those reasons that is just it's sometimes for the actual safety of the dog and for that dog to have like an even better life. And and I think, you know, it's just really the ultimate portrayal of love. So I'm really, you know, I, I understand why Allison and, and her uh, family kind of had to make that decision. And it's a really tough decision. So I really, um, I commend them and, and also kind of commiserate with them for doing that. So I, yeah, it's just, it's a rough thing. Maybe we'll have another episode on that down the road of, you know, talking about rehoming and what situations it may be needed. And, if you have any questions for me personally, um, feel free to reach out about like rehoming or owner surrender. And then I'm sure, you know, if you have any questions for Allison about that situation, she'd be more than happy to talk. Well, maybe not happy to talk about it because it is it is a hard, a hard thing that she's had to go through. Um, but I think her other dog, who's who's the reactive one, is is going to is getting the help that he needs, which is good as well. So. Um, that's just a quick update on that part of the episode. So now she only has two dogs, which is Spot and Emma. And um, otherwise, in this interview, we talk about the life struggles that she was going through that led her to starting this business, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, and then having like, and then just also how she had to be authentic in her business practices and the products that she was selling. And that's what actually made her business successful. Um, so we spoke about the importance that she puts on giving back with a uh, subscription box that they have called a Do Good box, and um, and then how she you know sources everything locally, like within her business, and um, and also we talk about or she gives her advice to people who are looking to maybe start a business just like her. So it's all about being authentic to yourself and putting in the elbow grease. So I think that is all that I have to say to to you guys. Um, hopefully Izzy will be feeling better soon and she'll jump back in for next week. But let's get into it. Can you give us a summary of kind of like your life and your career and Pacific Hound? Yeah. So um, Pacific Hound was um, created in, 18, in 2018 in July. 
But before then, it was something completely different. So my start into the small business world um, happened in 2015. In January, um, I was finishing up. I went to school uh, to become a track and field coach. I uh, ran track and field at Michigan State had this big aspiration of becoming a coach and uh, decided that sports psychology was going to be my ticket uh, to that profession. And so I went to the University of Kansas, got my master's degree and was so bored, <laughs> just beyond <laughs> bored. And so I, uh, I had a full-time job. I was going to school full-time and just like didn't know what to do with myself. And so I started crocheting dog scarves and I didn't know how to crochet. I love that. It's like, I'm having a crisis. I'm bored in my really hard master's program. I'm going to start crocheting stuff for my dogs. Yeah. It was really bad. Having a full-time job. Yes. (laughs) I crocheted at my full-time job, which is part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I I didn't know how to crochet when I started. So my mother-in-law taught me basic skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so I just started doing this like super basic scarf thing and <laughs> uh people saw me working or making them at work and were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> well, um <laughs> Making dog scarves. You just see, we're, <laughs> we're in a conference meeting right now, Allison. What are you doing? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. And so I would also do it in class. Like it was really bad. Like I was not a good student. And um, I did four point my program though. Just FYI. Don't ask me how. <laughs> Killed um, <it. laughs> Um Yeah. So people started asking me to make them dog scarves and I'm like okay is there really like a need for dog scarves I I guess and so I mean we were in Kansas middle of winter it's freaking cold in Kansas so I only started making them because Emma likes to donate her clothing to the forest and so grandma had made her a beautiful coat we took her out and literally the first day she donates it to the forest. And oh. I'm like, well, who's going to be the one to tell grandma that this lovely coat that she just made her is now in the forest somewhere eight miles away. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> which, which, so one of your dogs is Emma, which is. Emma which is my pointer. Okay. Uh, or I have two of them. Emma is the one I've had the longest. Um, so she was adopted in Kansas when we were there. But yeah, she she's kind of like the reason lots of spots exist, more or less. That face says it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she keeps you on your toes. I can tell you a million stories about Emma. Uh, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so um, I started making <laughs> I started making dog collars, and the story is actually kind of funny. So I started making dog collars, and it was. New Year's Eve and we were at my little duplex in Kansas and I was like, I really want to make a dog collar. And my mother-in-law is like, okay, great. Like I can help you. And so I, <laughs> I go to my closet and I pull out this little, you, you know, like the hand sewers, like, oh, you ripped a seam. Let me go grab that little, the little thing that looks like a stapler and like sew yeah. you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to make a dog collar with. And <laughs> And so my father-in-law sitting in the other room 
And he's like, for heaven's sake, would you please take her to the store and get her a sewing machine? This is so painful to watch. (laughs) And so like 10 minutes later, we were on our way to Walmart to get my first, my first sewing machine. And her name is old trusty. We named her a hundred dollar little sewing machine. My mother-in-law taught me how to sew that night, just a basic line. And from there, I started making dog collars and all the things. And so that went on for a few years. And we moved to Oregon, which is where my wife is from and where I knew we were going to end up. I took a bunch of really crappy jobs and lived with my in-laws for a year. Like, (laughs) this was not like glorious by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination. (laughs) I had all these dreams of like becoming a coach and I hadn't quite let them go yet. I took... um, had coaching jobs at high schools and it just, I loved what I did, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't like my calling, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, my wife graduated law school and we moved down to Roseburg where basically I was just following her because I didn't really have a job that... You're like, I'm just going to crochet. I'm just going to crochet. And so (laughs) I can do that from anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but... Yeah. So we moved down to Roseburg and um, we were there for, we honeymooned in Roseburg. We got married and then honeymooned in Roseburg. Um, if you've ever been to Roseburg, <laughs> it's, you don't not need a, a honeymoon there. <laughs> it's not a honeymoon destination. It's not bad, but it's not a honeymoon no. destination. Yeah. I mean, like moving into a two bedroom apartment on the second floor with two dogs, I mean, really wasn't at the top of my list Yeah, for someone who literally hates moving. So yeah, we moved there. Um, and honestly, like my back was just kind of against the wall and was like, okay, either you can go work at a fast food joint or you can figure out lots of spots and make it into a thing, make it into your job, like make it into your full-time career. And I'm like, okay, so was that what the, the heck am I going to do? Was that the initial name? Lots of spots? It was lots of okay. spots. So yeah, clearly. So my Dalmatian, my first dog's name is Spot. Um, he's a Dalmatian. and then there's Emma, who was number two. And so we got them about a year apart. We've had spots since he was a puppy. And then Emma, we rescued out of, um, out of a shelter in Kansas. And so, yeah, lots of spots seemed pretty fitting for a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. It's a cute name. Yeah. It was cute. It was cute. It was definitely like a cute little hobby name. That was pretty much what it was. And um, when I got to Roseburg, I was like, okay, we need to like figure out what we're going to do. And so a few years passed and I was kind of just, we were trucking along and I was kind of doing the same thing over and over again and was just becoming like more increasingly like more frustrated and trying to figure out, I don't it just nothing was vibing right with me. Like I didn't feel comfortable within my company and it just didn't feel like me, it didn't feel like I just didn't have my own imprint on it. And lots of spots was very much like I was doing, I was making things because other people liked them and because other people wanted them. And it wasn't because like, I truly was behind my company. Um, and so I was in the airport coming home from Michigan, which is where I'm from. And in t- and, and like the spring and this name Pacific Hound came to mind. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what to do with it. Like it just came to my head and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I called my best friend and I said, Amanda, what do I do with this name? 
And she's like, rebrand lots of spots, obviously. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we can't do that. We should make it into like a t-shirt company. <laughs> she's like, you're an idiot. Like rebrand lots of spots. And so um, that was in like April or May. And then by July, um, we were rebranding. And I, I brought the idea to my wife. And I was like, Kylie, we've got this like logo. And it was the logo that it is now, the little mountain symbol. And um, we've got this like brand and this design. And I think it's actually really cool. Like, I think it fits me. She's like, don't do it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you have like your best friend being like, do it. And then your wife oh, being yeah. like, nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every, yeah, it's always that. And then you have to like figure out internally what you feel is right. Yeah. It's like super conflicting. And I'm like, crap, like, what do I do? Like, she's like, no, like, don't, that's a bad idea. And I was basically like, oh, well, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, and I bet I, now uh, you can be like, who listens oh, yeah. to who now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like a point of contention. We're like, yeah. And she'll, every time I ask her something, she's like, I don't know why you even bother asking me because... Like I always choose the wrong answer. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's like the like flip a coin thing. And then as the coin is being flipped, you realize like what, which answer you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, I mean, there, honestly, like she'll never build an answer right. And it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we try. Um, yeah. Anyways, we rebranded it. And then like a week later, she was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. I'm like, yeah, you should have been supportive like a month ago. It's fine though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we rebranded and the whole point of rebranding was to like bring more of myself into the company and make products that I was truly proud of. And so one of the things that I'm super passionate about is supporting other small businesses and supporting local businesses if I can. So being in Roseburg, that was a little bit more challenging because Roseburg is a super small town. and it's not one where people are buying dog accessories. Like they're just not. Um, and so I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? And so we started off with, we had a, an apparel line from a local, we had a local printer who was making everything. Um, and then we started making our own designs on our collars. And we used a company in Eugene, which is an hour from us to print. And so like we were just, we were pulling these small and local businesses into our company, which just felt really right. And it felt like me. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that, um, was, I was super passionate about was providing, providing collars and accessories that weren't going to diminish over time. So my dogs are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, my dogs are crazy and they're always in the mud and they're always in the water and they're just disgusting. Like dogs are gross. I'm sorry, but dogs are gross. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. And, you know, they're the only species that are going to roll in another dog's or another animal's poop. Like, yes. Oh, Lupin's yeah. like behind me licking himself right now. So yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and so I'm like, I need, I want to sell products that are going to hold up to that. Like, I want to sell a product that I can go and wash and it's going to be fine after and it's not going to stink or it's not going to look muddy you know, the moment that they put it on. Um, so that was super important to me was coming up with a product that hit those, um, hit those markers. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that was, we started in July 18 with those products. And then we, we moved on to our most recent 
endeavor, which is the do good box. And this has been something that I've been wanting to do for years. We had a small subscription box with lots of spots that people loved, but it was with, we sold bow ties and flowers. It was a totally different company. Like, I don't even know who I was with that company. It's just, it's weird. (laughs) But yeah, like that's who, that's what I sold there. And so I was like, okay, well, how can I like transition that into something that's actually like meaningful and impactful within Pacific Hound? And uh, I sat on it for a long time because I wanted it to be perfect. Like I wanted it to hit all the things that I wanted in a box. And so, and I wanted it to be affordable. That's something with my company. It's like, I want my products to be affordable for anybody who wants it and not mm-hmm. just high-end dog markets. Like the average person should be able to come in and afford a quality collar that's going to last their dog forever. Um, mm-hmm. And so with the Do Good Box, I wanted to keep things in that same category of being affordable and still doing good. And so the whole premise of the Do Good Box is to support local and small businesses and also give back. So 5% of the total cost of the box goes to a charity, the charity of the month. So each month is themed. And then um, we include a small business item in the box as well that also um, supports a smaller local business. So, and then on top of that, our, our collars also goes goes in there. So you get to support two small businesses, I guess. But it's like it's a really neat thing for me because it's just it's fun to give back. And we do a lot of we do a lot of giving <laughs> in this company. We're affiliated with a lot of different um organizations. And so it's always nice to be able to do a little little bit more and use our our influence for good. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, you know, we're looking towards supporting local and, you know, moving away from these big chain companies and trying to look more inward into our community and seeing that like where we can help and what we can do to support. And I think people like almost crave it, like crave Mm -hmm. that community feeling. And it's just been so lost recently. Um, what kind of, um, so let's, I'm just taking a look at your do good bucks now. Yeah. And it is, super affordable, which is great. Cause you go onto like, you know, some mainstream, I wouldn't say the brands. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'm sorry, but who has like $70 a month to mm-hmm. just spend on all of this stuff? It's like, yeah, maybe once in a while I'll do like a refresher of all of mm-hmm. Arthur's toys. Cause they've all gotten gross, but right. you know, I don't, I don't have that amount of money to spend every month on and yeah, that kind of I mean, stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's nice just to have something yeah. where you can still give them a treat and it's not going to break the bank and you're doing good for the community as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just, I think just yesterday, cause now I'm getting hounded with ads. I was looking <laughs> at <laughs> Facebook, man. I tell yeah. you, um, <laughs> I was looking at a subscription box and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do this for Gunner. who's our third dog. Then it got to be like 50 or $60. And I'm like, Nope. (laughs) I just, I can't, like, I can't justify it, but you know, I was talking to somebody today and I was like, you know, I don't know that there's anything on the market quite like this where you're actually getting a dog accessory item. Um, there's tons of treat boxes and chew boxes and toy boxes and things that combine all of those things. But I don't think I've ever seen somebody offer a dog collar. Um, and so it's kind of unique in that sense. And for people who have multiple dogs and like to switch out their dog's collars, it's kind of a fun way to do that. 
and it's not, I mean, it's kind it's a, it's a sweet deal if, um, you commit to it. But yeah. you know, the nice thing about this box too, is you can, um, you can cancel it whenever you want. You can change the frequency. You know, you're not locked in. I don't lock you into a six or a 12 month subscription. You know, I want it to be fun. I want you to be able to come and go as you please. And I just hope that you stay. I hope that you like it enough that you want to come back. You know, that's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. And you're getting like a cool boutique collar. It's not just like a run of the mill, you know, random right. thing that you just throw on. It's like something that you've specifically designed and you know, as you said, it's durable. There's a, a thought behind it. And there's, you know, local, another local product in there. And you're giving back at the same time. So you're like making a lo- little donation with your purchase. Yeah. Which yeah always, yeah. you know, <laughs> I always subtract that from my, from my purchases. I'm like, oh, well, this, you know, 5% is going towards something. So really, I'm only spending. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's a nice thing to have. And, you know, I think what's really cool too, is we, each month it changes. And so each month has a different, a different theme. Um, and <laughs> you know, we're living in the, in the year of like pivoting and who can pivot the fastest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think all of us small businesses are kind of doing that same thing or, you know, as different movements come up or like, okay, how can we support that? And this box kind of gives me that opportunity to support the causes that are present. And so like this last one was pet peace of mind. And the reason I chose pet peace of mind, they are a, um, they're an organization that helps hospice patients care for their pets. So, um, there's been tons of studies showing that, um, people in hospice do better if they can keep their pets with them and, um, mentally they're just and mentally and emotionally, they're better off. And, but the hard part is that it's really hard for these patients to care for their pets. So taking them out on walks or taking them out to go to the bathroom, playing with them, general exercise, pills, anything is just really difficult. And so pet peace of mind kind of steps in to be that middle person that helps them do that. And I thought that was really cool in light of the COVID-19 situation where I'm guessing a lot of these people that are elderly are losing their pets to the situation. And so, um, I thought it was a cool, it was like an interesting way to tie in, um, you know, what's happening currently in our world and actually make an impact. So, yeah. And it's nice to hear that, you know, a lot of people they'll donate to the big charities, which is great because they need Mm -hmm. funding too. They do a lot of great work, but there are a lot of charities who do amazing work, but they're severely underfunded and no one's ever heard of them. So it's nice to know that there's people out there rooting for them. Yeah, you know, it for sure is. I mean, it's, they're not easy to find. And, you know, we donated to the direct relief fund um, earlier this year. Um, We did a bandana fundraiser and donated to direct relief fund. Um, We donated like a thousand dollars to them. Um, And then they kind of divvy up the money wherever is needed. But um, it's when I was searching for just good charities, like it's really, they're difficult to find. And especially yeah. the smaller ones, um, they definitely are. It, it's it's challenging, and it's it's sometimes really easy to get caught in the trap of like, oh well, they donated here. It must be a good, you know, charity or a good organization. So yeah, um, this was like this was a fun find, and um, next month's box will be um, equally as awesome. I've got some great plans for that. So yeah, um, next month's box is uh, based off of Emma. Our GSP. 
<laughs> I can see your face right now. Tell us. Okay. So let's backtrack a little bit and tell us about all three of your dogs. Okay. <laughs> Spot is the, okay. So Spot is the youngest out of the three and he's the first dog that we got. So Spot, um, Spot is, he just turned seven. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, he just turned seven and we've had him since he was a little pupper nugget. Um, he is my, Oh boy. He is my anxiety in a bottle. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's my heart dog. He's a dog that I would give my left arm for. He's also the one that, um, makes me want to <laughs> jump off a cliff. So there's that. He, um, he is, since he was a puppy at eight weeks old, was super reactive. Um, like we put him in puppy school and he just went to attack other dogs at eight weeks old, nine weeks old. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> he spent six weeks essentially behind the cage until like without being able to see other dogs because he was, he was that aggressive. Like he just, mm -hmm. he was terrified. Um, we eventually got him to doggy daycare and to dog parks. It was like a Christmas miracle. I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> um, um, as he's gotten older, things have, um, I wouldn't say completely regressed, but he's definitely, he's just a nervous dog in general and he's not a confident dog. Um, and so we've spent a majority of his life working on those types of things. So fear aggression is, is very strong with him and, He's also the dog that is most obedient. He's the one I work with the most. He's he's the mm -hmm. best, but he's also like there's three people in this world that I trust with him. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. So how did you how did you get your other two then with yeah. with spots? Because I feel like a lot of people would just be it's like, crazy. all right, this is our guy for life. Like we're just not going to get another dog. Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so. Spot was about a year old when we decided, when I decided <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I wanted another dog because Spot was just, Spot was a lot. Like, I don't even know if I can put him into words. Like I got LASIK because he kept eating my glasses. He ate all the molding in our oh house. My like goodness. he was nuts and it didn't matter how much you exercised him. Like he's just like, if he, if he could find a way to get your attention by destroying something that was like his MO, like he was going for it. <laughs> um, anything with a tag, it doesn't matter. He was honestly like the worst puppy ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just lucky. He was really freaking cute. Um, so yeah, at about a year old, he was actually going to dog parks at that point and was for the most part dog friendly. Um, we didn't have too many issues. We had worked through them in puppy school. And so I had researched breeds to get with a Dalmatian and GSP kept coming up. And I'm like, hmm, uh, let me get on this pet finder here and see if I can find any uh, rescues, you know. And um, sure enough, there's Emma. And Emma was about a year old at the time. And I, I told Kylie, my wife, and I said, hey, there's this dog at the shelter. We should go meet her. <laughs> and she's an attorney and the attorney and her wanted to make a list of pros and cons, <laughs> basically reasons why we shouldn't get another dog. And it was like a full page long. And then the reasons why we should get another dog was like three lines. Like it was <laughs> and so I was like, Oh man, this is, this is not looking good. 
but she can't say no. <laughs> so we go and meet Emma. We bring Spot and it was on a Friday and Kylie goes around to meet Emma and Emma's sitting in her kennel, quiet as can be while all the other dogs are just losing their minds. And that's how they draw you in. Mm-hmm. I'm an angel. Yep. <laughs> it's so Kylie comes back in or back to where I am and she's like, I'm in trouble. Like, <laughs> this, is not, this is not looking good. So they bring out Emma and her and Spot. They didn't like, they weren't like instant besties, but they like didn't actively hate each other, which was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much all I needed was like, I don't care if you guys are best friends. Like that doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. But my, my thing with my dogs is I always want them to respect each other. I don't care if you play with each other. I don't care if you snuggle each other. Like I just want you to be respectful of each other in your space. And, um, right away we could tell that was going to be fine. And so we brought Emma home. She's about eight or so. Um, we don't really know what her age is. She was a stray when she came in. Um, and then grandpa Gunner is our last dog and grandpa Gunner is (laughs) everybody's favorite. Such a great (laughs) name. (laughs) Oh, he's amazing. So I started fostering for All Points West Rescue. Um, They're based in Colorado, but we started their Pacific Northwest um, branch. And um, so Gunner was actually my second foster. And I honestly was like super anti-fostering ever again because our first foster was just a complete disaster. And I'm like, no, we can't do this again. Like Spot is not going to be happy. Mm But I got a call and happened to be in the right place at the right time. And they're like, hey, can you go get Gunner? And I'm like, oh, God. I, of course, have Spot and Emma in the car with me. I'm like, how in the world am I going to get another dog home? So I go and I meet him. And he's just he's just the best. Gunner's <laughs> the, he's, he's just the best. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we considered for about a week. We're like, well, maybe we'll keep him. Yeah, maybe we'll keep him. And then um, Spot gave an adamant no on that. And so we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll give him, we'll find a good home for him. So within a week, we had a home for Gunner um, down the road, which was perfect. I wanted to still visit him because I just loved the heck out of him. And um, six months later, I got a call. And this was the day after Thanksgiving, this past, so in 2019. And um, they're like, hey, uh, we don't want Gunner anymore. Like we're going to give him back. And I'm like, who gives this dog back? Like he's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, fine. We'll take him back. And, um, after we had to debate on it for a long time. So we got through Thanksgiving, we got through Christmas. Then, um, in the January period, we were like, okay, um, you know, do we keep him? And, you know, is this fair to spot? And, you know, are we doing the right thing essentially? Because Spot was not thrilled about sharing anything with Gunner. He's still not completely thrilled about it, mm-hmm. but we've managed, we manage it really well. And so we're like, okay. And grandpa at that point had decided he was home. Like he, he fell in love with me <laughs> and I was like, who's going to break this? Who, who's going to be the person to break his heart? Like I can't do it. So, um, the first couple of months were pretty rough. I will admit like going from a two dog house to a three dog house is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're used to kind of each having our own dog and taking them and doing whatever. Um, 
grandpa couldn't even get on a couch. He couldn't walk up the stairs going around a walk around the block was like, it just killed him. He oh. didn't want to get off the couch. Like he was just, um, it was just hard. Like, what do we do with this like super senior dog? And then we realized he was basically neglected and he didn't have any muscle. He didn't know how to move. And, um, so yeah, um, once we like figured that out, everything just kind of like came together. So grandpa Gunner is like nine or 10. Um, he loves his ball more than anything. He, (laughs) he visits his fence friends. We call it his fence friends. Um, he just sits at the fence with his little head on the little ledge, just, <laughs> just looking at, we have no idea what he's looking at. I have no clue. <laughs> so he's just we think they're imaginary. <laughs> he does. Like, he's just, he's so goofy. You know, I came home yesterday and he, I'd taken Spot and Emma out to the park and I came home and Gunner was like losing his mind, just happy, bouncing everywhere for like 10 minutes. So I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it was all because his ball was stuck under the couch. Oh no. I'm like, Oh my Heaven gosh, how long has your ball been under here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he loves his ball. Um, he loves his people more than anything. I mean, he's just, he's the dog that just dishes out more love than he could ever receive. Hey everyone, as you may be able to tell, we're a new podcast, so we don't have any ad spots or sponsors. We're doing all of this out of our own pocket. So if you're enjoying this episode so far, please take the time to subscribe, give us a five-star review. It really helps our podcast so much and makes it easier for others to find us as well. Well, speaking of his little gray snout, I've definitely seen him on your Instagram modeling the different products. Oh yeah. So (laughs) if you could just tell the listeners what Pacific Hound, like what products you guys do have, because you mentioned when you did lots of spots, it was more of like the bow ties and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, that you said didn't feel right to you. So what did, what is Pacific Hound kind of known for? with those products yeah our what we're honestly really known for is our dog scarves (laughs) which brings you back to lots of spots so lots of spots was the the start of the dog scarf and as we grew i couldn't crochet a million and one scarves it just got to be out of hand and um i didn't want carpal tunnel by the time i was 24 (laughs) so (laughs) i transitioned and started making them out of fabric and so that became like the staple of both companies um, but it was definitely what made Pacific Hound Pacific Hound was the dog scarf. And then, um, we started, we added the dog collars. Our element series is probably the second thing that we're known for. Um, we only sell the dog scarves in the colder months. So fall and winter and the collars are, are sold all year round. So our element series is our, um, is our lightweight polyester webbing collar it kind of feels like a seatbelt. And it's that durable as well. <laughs> they're um, they're they're printed by us. You know, they don't fade. They um, they're very easy to clean, water resistant. They're they're just an all around awesome collar, and they're one point five ounces, so they're super light, which is which is great. I've seen so many collars these days that are so bulky and heavy, and I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I'm hurting yeah. for you. <laughs> but um, I mean to each their own at that point, you know, it's just not, it's not for me, but, yeah. um, and that's fine. My, my, 
my gear is, you know, our products are really geared towards the outdoors adventurous dog. Um, the dog that just wants to go in the forest and get muddy and gross. And, you know, this is our, our products are the items that you can throw on your, on your dog and not have to worry about, you know? Yeah. And it looks like that there's so many different cool patterns and colors. How do you come up with all of those? Yeah. So typically I, (laughs) I'm inspired by something. I am not a designer. Like my stick figures are, are pathetic. Like that is (laughs) so bad. And, um, you know, with, with growing Pacific Helm, one of the things that I had to learn is to give up some of my control and let other people do the things that I'm not good at. And admitting that is really hard, (laughs) but designing was something I wasn't good at. Um, I didn't design my logo. I had an idea. I always have ideas. I'm full of them, but I, I, I don't have the tools always to execute them. And, um, my motto is like, stick to what you're good at and let somebody else do the things that you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up finding a designer that I just really meshed with. And he's just, he kind of does it like as a hobby. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say full hobby. He does have clients, but it's not a big thing for him, which is, which is cool. But I basically, I sent him my crazy concepts and designs. And I'm like, can you make this into something? Cause like, I have this really cool idea, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, he takes and he turns my designs into realities. Some of those prints I did design. Um, so like I personally figured out how to use <laughs> Photoshop. Don't ask me how. Um, <laughs> It's rough. I, I I can I can get away with bare minimum stuff, but yeah. So I just sometimes I'll just see something and I'm like, oh, that would be really cool if we could like put our own spin on it and make it into a collar. Sometimes they just come like they the name did at the airport, and I'm just walking and that would be really cool. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, our most recent collar that we're launching on Friday um, is the one that was in the Do Good box and that collar was actually inspired by the local winery. So, um, oh, we use, cool. yeah. So we use the colors of their soil and the colors of their, their wine and, um, the things that like make up the vineyard to make a collar. So, um, and that's when I designed myself and I think it's honestly my favorite print I've ever designed or ever brought into the shop. So, um, you know, um, that's kind of like how things are inspired, you know, next month is Emma's, the box is themed after Emma. And so you can expect, you know, <laughs> mountainous things. <laughs> it was like crazy colors, crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> just wild. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's, you know, we're trying to keep things. I try to go on a theme more or less. Um, and, you know, as we move forward with this company, I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional about, um, you know, what I put out to people, it's weird to have, you know, to realize that you have an influence on others and, um, you know, to present content for people that, you know, for me, I'm like, Oh, like it's not that big of a deal, but it kind of is a big deal to a lot of people. And it's hard to remove yourself from that platform. And so, um, as we've, as we've gotten bigger, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, you know, we should, I should be a little bit more intentional with, you know, what I'm, providing and that there's a reason and a meaning and um, a why to it. So, um, you know, it kind of falls perfectly in line with, with the do good. And I, I think when we first launched, we kind of just threw a bunch of stuff at people to get, you know, to get product on the website. And then now looking back, I'm like, Oh, 
yeah, I could really do without that. (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah. That's so, that's so cool though, because I think a lot of times companies as they grow, they, you know, whether they mean to or not, they naturally get less intentional, I think. And like a little bit of the stuff that they're putting out there is less deliberate, but it really seems like you've made sure with the Pacific Hound as a whole, you know, that you have like a really strong mission and ethos of, you know, is it ethos or ethos? How do you say I it? say ethos. ethos. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, you do your girlfriend. We'll follow yeah. you. <laughs> you have a really strong ethos or mission kind of behind Pacific Hound as far as, you know, doing local products and, and using local companies. And even getting inspired by local, you know, like local vineyards and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then the do good box. I think that's really, that's really awesome that you are putting so much thought behind it as you grow. Yeah. I think that's what, you know, people are gravitated towards too. They want to see somebody who's authentic. And that's been the top of my list from the very beginning. You know, I go live probably once a week looking like a hot mess. And, but it's like, I want people to see that like the person behind the company is a real human being. And, you know, I have thoughts and feelings and opinions and, you know, I care deeply about you and I care deeply about this, this company. And I want you to feel the same way. And I don't, you know, I feel like sometimes it's really hard to do that. Like I hate when I go to a company and I'm like, who's running this? And if I Mm. talk to somebody, is it going to be like a robot? Am I getting like a sales manager? Like, who am I talking to? Whereas like with my company, I wanted to be the face of the company. And I wanted people to get to know me, get to know my family. And I think it honestly, like, since I've done that, you get very few people who are like sending negative things your way. You know, I, somebody asked me the other day, like, Oh, well, you know, with um, everything going on, like, are you getting any negative feedback from anybody? And I said, honestly, no. Like, I just, I don't. And I'm super upfront and honest and open. And I think that creates a really good atmosphere for success is just being willing to hear people, listen to people, accept their opinions, accept the things that they do and don't like. And um, and roll with it. And, you know, Pacific Hound is a lot of things and, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's basically, it's me, it's me in a package of dog stuff. Like that's essentially what it is. And so it's, it's super fun for people to, um, you know, to get to know that person. Yeah. Like, I think what you were just saying, it's like you embody the, the company, you know, there's, you're behind it, of course, as far as, you're running it and starting it, but it's also like you're a dog mom of three crazy dogs and you want, <laughs> you want a product that's going to be functional and work for everyone. And I think that's really important. Um, so as like you've started out your business and you know, you've been going for a while, it seems like you guys are really gaining a lot of traction, not just within the Pacific Northwest, but just uh, all around. Everywhere. Yeah. And that's so awesome. So what advice do you have for other people who maybe want to follow their passion kind of like you did? Um, I think the biggest thing, honestly, is don't give up. Like you're going to hit one wall after another, after another, and you're going to fail 14,000 times before you finally succeed. And you're going to hate your products, you know, over and over and over again until you find something that like really hits your niche. And 
you know, at the end of the day, be true to yourself, like be you. And I, I, I watch a lot of, you know, self-help and, um, you know, I'm super into business podcasts and everything. And the thing that is repeated over and over and over again, is just be authentic, be you and don't be afraid to be you. And, um, I, I honestly think that is like one of the big, you know, my, my product is good. You know, there's the product is sound. People are going to come back because, because of that, but they're also going to come back because of the person behind it and the mission and what you stand for. Like you develop a connection with people. They want to, you know, you, you start to share those friendships and you start to see, you know, I've had some of my customers are from lots of spots days. I remember my first customer, she's still a customer today. And, you know, but it's like, we, I developed these friendships and these relationships with these people. And so, um, but I think it all just comes back to just like, just being yourself and not being afraid to like push the boundary and and do the scary things. Do good box was super scary. (laughs) It's a big monetary investment. Um, it's, Honestly, I'm like, I just hope this box gets out in time and I hope that people like it. <laughs> like, I really <laughs> have no idea. Um, and it's scary to like invest all this money into something and be like, God, I really hope this works. But sometimes like you just got to take that chance and, um, and give yourself the ability to take that chance, you know, like don't cut yourself short. And I think that's where a lot of people, um, a lot of people, they fall into this self-comparison, you know, stage, you know, I, I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten. They're like, Oh, well, I want to be Pacific hound or I want to be like you. And I'm like, no, you don't like go be you, mm-hmm. go be you and go do the thing that makes you awesome. Because I am not that person. I am not that company. So, um, yeah. And I honestly, you know, had I just thrown the towel in when we moved down to Roseburg or when I took one crappy job after another to supplement income and just said, okay, whatever, like I'll just go work in a fast food restaurant with my master's degree. Then like this, none of this would exist. And had I not said no to my wife who wanted to me not to rebrand, like this company wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's a culmination go with the gut. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a total gut feeling and just being confident. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not always confident. My reps will tell you that. <laughs> Every every month I'm like, oh God, I hope this sells. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's always like, I always have those feelings too. Like those don't go away. You know, um, I think some people looking in might be like, oh, well, she's successful. She's, you know, she's making a bunch of money and she's, um, she's got so much that she can give back. And, oh, she's got all these followers. Like, you know, that must've happened overnight. No, no, <laughs> none of it happened overnight. And so, and I still have the same insecurities that I did five years ago. I just decided to ignore them. And so I think that's, that it's a game changer. If you can actually ignore your insecurities and just try, like you have no idea. I mean, what's the worst that could happen anyway? It's dog stuff. <laughs> like, <Yeah. that's> right. <laughs> Well, I think so many people can identify with the whole like, God, I'm just slogging away at a job that I don't really like and, you know, crocheting or whatever. That's kind of meditative. It calms me like, you know, like I'll just kind of make some stuff for dogs because that sounds fun. And it is just I think so many people can identify with with that not knowing where they're going. And so the fact that you've been able to turn, um, you know, a business into that kind of uncertainty in your life, I think is really, 
really powerful, which is why we wanted to have you on. So you can share that. (laughs) A lot of people don't know like where they're going and that's the hard thing, right? Is we all, this was a hobby when it started. Mm -hmm. I was crocheting dog scarves, you know, like who the heck, I'm not going to sell thousands of those. (laughs) 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 Like I had no idea what I was, and I tried to sew a dog collar with a handheld like seam whatever that's the <laughs> fact that you couldn't sew at the beginning of all this and then you started like you learned and then mm-hmm. you created all this and then now you know you've got like more you know pr- actual printing and everything that that can do it yeah for you you know you can't all do it by hand but the fact that you had to start yeah. from scratch like that is that says it all yeah. doesn't it yeah, yeah. it says yeah. all that all the effort that went into it um well, I think that was all of our questions for you, Allison. So if people do want to buy any Pacific Hound products or follow you on Instagram, you know, watch you looking like a hot mess on your lives, <laughs> what, where can they find you? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, our website is pacifichound.com. Um, this is actually kind of a fun thing to say because it, we used to have a hyphen in between Pacific and Hound. And we just recently... Uh, captured that uh, oh yay <laughs> non hyphen uh yeah mm-hmm. so i don't have to say it's pacific hyphen hound.com or pacific hound with a hyphen in the middle <laughs> um, that's when no you know hyphen. you've made it when you're able to get when you're able to have the name that you actually want that's when you know you've made it <laughs> oh it was a, there was an email and everything like i was i was beyond stoked um so yeah pacifichound.com mm-hmm. is uh the website and then um instagram and Facebook and Pinterest are all Pacific Hound. Um, so yeah, you can you can find me find me there. My dogs are Sugar and Spots. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had to. Yeah, <laughs> <That's fine>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We Oh my gosh, yeah. If you want to see Gunner h- hanging out with his fence friends, or sometimes we do some training videos, um, and we always. Uh, you know, we've got a few products that we love that we share there too. So yeah. Um, Both Izzy and I are looking down at our phones right now, just like typing it in to follow. There's there's periods between sugar and spots. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Sugar and spots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many spots. Look at, look at Gunner's little sugary face. Oh, I know. I know. He's he's such a ham. Yeah. Lupin looks really similar to him, just with the the gray face, like around and the longer snout, because Lupin's mm-hmm. a hound dog, and he has oh, okay. like the longer yeah. ears, so it's it's very very <laughs> much a similar look, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Gunner oh is uh, he's very sugary and very funny. So there's you know if you're if you're in for like a good giggle and an occasional emotional story, <laughs> that's what we're good for. <laughs> I'm kind of an emotional storyteller. So I kind of, I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, <laughs> it's the best way to be. Yeah. yeah you know. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to chat with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And we've loved having you on and talking to you about all of your products and everything. I'm actually in the market for a new dog collar. Chase wants to get a black spiky one, but. Oh. I know. But I'm like, no, I don't want to encourage the craziness inside him. He's like a, uh, you know, a lightweight, just everyday collar. His spiky collar can be like his yeah, going out in the town, don't mess with me collar. Exactly. <laughs> but he needs a good dog park collar. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what they're perfect for. Mm-hmm. I would say the dog park, or if you want to take your dog to like doggy daycare, like you send them in an elements collar and you don't have to worry about whether or not they come back with it, you know, in four pieces or one, you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <You never know. laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Allison. We'll say goodbye now. And um, yeah, but maybe you'll see us on your on your buyer list of us purchasing some stuff. (laughs) That would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, take care. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram at with a dog podcast. We have a great Facebook community called with a dog paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. All content on With A Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist. 